please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. Spoiler up. 97 Toy Story 4. So if you have not seen this movie, spoiler alert, we will be revealing key elements of the movie, including the ending. So hit pause and go watch it. Or if you don't give a shit about watching it, you know, you can just listen. Keep listening. Keep listening. <laughs> Keep listening. So. Yeah, I'm excited. We have a first time guest. We have a first time guest. Fellow Philly a comic. Fellow Philly. We were just mm-hmm. having a whole tasty cake conversation yep. before we started to hit the of, record button. We, you, you know, we didn't use the word buddy. Which was uh, unusual that, uh, you know, talking about in Philly. And, uh, you know, it's great. No matter how many years you're gone from Philly, you can still get stuck in traffic on the 76. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Schuylkill. Yeah, the Schuylkill. Yep. Two or two still under construction. I feel like no time has passed since I've left. No. Nope. Blue yep. Roots all backed up. Yep. It's exactly as you left it. You know, yeah, I, that's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that city and I miss it, and I really want to spend more time there. Ladies and gentlemen, first time guest, podcaster, comedian. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Simone. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks this for doing fun. it, man. And you've Thanks. got a uh, you got a new CD out. Yeah, it's called mm-hmm. Jabba, mm-hmm. and it's just family stories. I kind of dedicated it to my dad, mm-hmm. and it's just you know tons of movie. Re- I didn't realize how many movie references were in my comedy, and I'm like, oh yeah, the name's Jabba. Like right there off the top. <laughs> but thanks for letting me come on and let some of your fans hopefully not think I'm an idiot. We're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sales went to hell, bro. Yeah, we hope People return think- this eating. Yeah, wow. That's, um, you know, I Good think that's. Day, a, sir. I think that's a bar we can meet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you don't think this guest is an idiot, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like His parents sure do. <laughs> Where can people get the CD if they were going to go? It's uh, it's just available digitally for now. It's on you know iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all that stuff. I just mm-hmm. put it out myself, and mm-hmm. I think that's the way to go well. now. Can yeah. I get it on my Zoom? I don't know. No. I don't even know what the Zoom is. <laughs> I'm not book smart. <laughs> you think you, I got lost in the could... Toy Story plot? I don't know what a Zoom is. <laughs> So you think you could listen to his album on a independent recording device? Yeah, no, the uh, this old Microsoft. Oh, yeah. okay. Tremendous that, uh, reference. That, yeah, clearly really no reference. one remembers it, and that's why Microsoft <laughs> discontinued it years ago. <laughs> it is now a video uh, chat software. Right, so. I'm sure. <laughs> the um, That's a great thing about technology. Oh, you love this thing? Goodbye. Yeah, it may not be yeah, here in a couple years. Yeah, we're going to get rid of it. So... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking more and doing a deep dive into Toy Story 4. Boom. And, uh, you know, um, C was telling me a little bit uh, b- before the show that, and this is the interesting thing that's always fun about the show. Um, he was telling me that, um, you know, I wouldn't have seen this movie. It wasn't for the podcast. Right. And I'm, no way. And I'm glad I did. So, C, what did you think of the movie before I we get loved into the it. Mm-hmm. I was so, mm-hmm. I was actually blown away by it. I thought it was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and just really grateful that I had, for this podcast, because I wouldn't have had that right. that joy of seeing a movie opening weekend with mm-hmm. all the people in the theater. Like mm-hmm. so much of the content I devour now is just me on my phone, right. or it's a big deal if I turn on my TV and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I forgot what it was like, especially for a movie with laughs, to enjoy that in a theater, right. like that connection with people mm-hmm. and knowing that you're seeing something special. And it was kind of cool to see like families hanging out and having something and like 
I'm not really that familiar with the franchise. I'm too old for it. I don't have kids. It's not my thing. Obviously, I know what Toy Story is because they've the merchandising, and mm-hmm, right. I know what it is. It's like it's everywhere, and now I can see why. Like, I think I saw the first one, maybe the second one, for sure, did not see the third one. Mm-hmm. And that didn't affect you enjoying the movie? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I thought, I mean, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? Am I an yeah. idiot? No, <laughs> no. Like, no, I, Steve I mean, is an no, idiot. I do have a family. I have two kids. And we How all old are they? They're uh, 10 and um, uh, 14. Okay. So they're at that range. So they like, grew up with it. So, yeah, they grew up with it. The other thing which is interesting is, you know, our daughter, it's... You know, she's in that age where she doesn't really want to do or see anything with the family. She's you know, a fourteen she's, year old. Yeah, she's a fourteen yeah. year old. So, so when we're like, well, no, we're all going to go. It'll be fun, and you know, we're going to the mall. You can close shop and all that stuff. So then we went to the movie after she shopped, and uh, every time we take her to these movies, like together as a family, at the end, like that was really good. Like, like that, like we it, it breaks through the boundary sure. of like the you know teenage the, angst. Yeah, yeah, the teenage angst where uh, we all can sit and enjoy movies. Like we saw like you know Detective Pikachu together. And it's like I don't want to see that. I'm like, well, let's just go. And like, all right, that was really fun. Yeah, That's that awesome. that kind of thing. And uh, uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a great mix of like nostalgia from the other films okay. and some cool, fun new stuff like Forky, the uh, the the toy that is uh, was Forky made was from my trash. Favorite. Yeah, oh my god, so <laughs> funny. made from trash. Yeah, yeah, and he just kept wanting to get back into trash. He was like, <laughs> was no, you're a toy. For- trash, for- trash. Forky reminded me of half the girls I've met in Los Angeles. <laughs> where I'm like, Somebody wants to love you, but I'm trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, let me save you. You can yeah. bring joy into the world. I don't deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> That's like half the girls I've met yeah. in this city. And then the, the um, God, there's this one shot which is so funny. He gets into the trash can and he looks so content sitting in the yeah. trash. He's got like, you know, a piece of paper over him like a blanket. <laughs> like it's hilarious. So funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get into, so how did it, because this they, they're saying, you know, Tom Hanks was crying when he was doing his last yeah. line, as was Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. The ending, Tell go. let's go through the ending and how it, you do you feel like, because I felt like Toy Story 3 wrapped up the franchise. For sure. But it, yeah. now we're in a fourth one. And yeah. now, but everyone's crying saying this is the last one. So how was this ending? Tell I, us the ending. I really felt like it hit some of the same emotional beats, which is not a bad thing because it was a powerful, um, strong movie, the third mm-hmm. one. But it, it dealt a lot with the same themes of um, separation and moving on and growing older and leaving mm-hmm. childhood behind. And those are universal themes. And when you see that, for whatever reason, when you see those themes... In a family or a, uh, like a kid's movie, they just resonate more mm. because what they're doing is instead of like um, talking down to children, they're talking, I guess you could even call it talking up to children. Like this is um, this is flashes and moments of adulthood that we're giving you in this animated mm-hmm. series. Like this is the, the things that you're going to experience and maybe not even understand or feel yeah. things that, you know, may not be so great because you don't want to move on or you don't want to leave or you don't want you know, to be separated from your parents, even if you're going away or, or to college or, or whatever. And it hits on all of those things. And it also hits on just, um, the, you know, growing up, moving on, living your own life and making those choices. And it, it's, and that's the great thing that Pixar does all the time. You know, they have these movies, they're, they're quote, family movies, but they have a lot of adult themes in them yeah. that are um, presented in such a way that they're consumable by uh, children. And it is a very difficult thing to do. And I think they're so good at it that that's why they resonate so well. Yeah, I almost think it creates a better product because of that. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
it is ambitious to do it and mm-hmm. challenging to do it, but I think it just forces better storytelling. Yes. Like if you can make it engaging for adults and kids at the same time, like right. <clears throat> I try my best to do that with my stand up mm-hmm. because I remember years ago, I don't remember who it was, mm-hmm. but it was so some, ch- before that the children didn't appreciate your stand up as much. Do you, you know what it was? <laughs> and no, in all honesty, I did my first CD about four years ago. Mm hmm. And so much of like what I find humorous is family related mm-hmm. re- stuff. And I remember the CD came out and a dad was listening to, and I would say the CD was probably PG 13. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not like edgy. Like I'm not cool. <laughs> like I own the fact I'm not cool. You know, I grew up in the suburbs. That's, mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like not cool. Um, but the dad was listening to the CD with his kids. And there was like, I wouldn't say they were probably like five and eight. Mm-hmm. And they were loving it. And mm-hmm. the dad's shooting a video at the time he posted on my Facebook mm-hmm. wall. And uh, you could hear them playing my CD in the car. And the dad had been to live shows. And that was the first mm-hmm. one ever. And he was like, somebody wants to say something to you. And it's the little guy in the backseat who was like five at the time. And he's like, mm-hmm. Steve Simone, you are so funny. Oh, that was like, great. That felt amazing, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, guess mm-hmm. who's doing something with their life? Yeah. And then about 20 minutes later, I'm addicted to my phone and social media. And I see there's another post from the dad, but it's now the dad, I could tell he wasn't really being serious, but he's like, Steve, somebody's got something to say to you. And it's the little kid in the back seat, and he's just dejected. And he's like, Steve Simone, you are so funny, but you said a bad word. <laughs> his dad took, took the phone back. He's like, that's right, Steve. You said the S word. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna work completely clean from now on. <laughs> That's what it was. Oh, that's great. But I remember like just in terms of writing, there was a quote mm-hmm. that I read years ago and it might it might have been like Lou Thalber. It was like mm-hmm. one of the legends of Hollywood and it was at the end of his career and towards the end of his life, but he said, "Make movies that you'd be proud to show your grandchildren." Mm-hmm. Right. And I went, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I think that's just good advice for everything in life." For sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is something I these people have to be proud of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it's interesting, like, we, uh, on the regular show, we just saw a uh, trailer for the Trolls sequel. Okay. So, you know, Trolls... Oh, I saw that in the previews for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah Trolls yeah. talks down, Pixar talks up. And you could see the vast difference in these movies, for sure. Money Grab, actually, you know, artistic filmmaking in a mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a corporate environment, because you can't get more corporate than Disney. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, Pixar has always been that company that, March to the beat of their own drum, even, yep. uh, you know, when Steve Jobs was involved in it. But, you know, that if you guys remember, um, when Disney was trying to make the deal with Pixar, they didn't make it easy. Mm. You know, that was the kind of thing where they put stuff in like, well, we're going to have creative control and all of those things. And we're going to make you back up the money truck for us. And uh, sure enough, the deal closed. And then that's when um, the people from Pixar um, be- came over, like John Lasseter and they made them in charge of all of Disney animation. They like not only took them from their company, but they made put them in charge of everything Smart Disney move. was doing. So they know what they're doing at Pixar. Yeah. So uh, I was really uh, pleased with this movie. I thought they did a great job with the creepy uh, ventriloquist dolls. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Like uh, you could tell, like just the animators, you could see them programming and uh, like well we need to make them walk creepier like you know that was going back and forth like <laughs> yes. they need to walk creepier creepier like, yeah. job with that yeah. of yeah. Yeah. like yeah. it's yeah. just not creepier yeah. yeah and uh, because it was like it was this weird kind of like 
almost like exorcist type walking that they were doing. Oh, like, they were like, definitely creepy. Yeah, like it was like, oh, well, the joints really wouldn't move that way. I understand they're puppets, but now this is creeping me out on a subconscious level, <laughs> like the way they were doing it. And it wasn't one. It was like a gang of them. And they all look the same, but also a little different so, on each yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had this ringleader of like, um, what was her name? Gabby, Gabby something uh, with the the doll that was in the, um, basically in the um, stroller that they would push her around yeah. as a, like, like a, queen. a queen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she wanted Woody's uh, voice box because yep. hers was broken. And, uh, you know, she's this villain that creates just this compelling argument of how, uh, you know, basically she should have it and he shouldn't. And uh, it was just really interesting the way they put it all together. Of, like, yeah, what I thought lives. the storytelling yeah. was really great. What I mm-hmm. took away from the film overall was just life is about love. Mm-hmm. and connection and like even the creepy henchmen mm-hmm. they just wanted to make the gabby doll happy right they loved her and mm-hmm. the only thing she wanted was to have purpose again in her life right. which is to give and receive love so you're like right. oh you're not even a bad the bad right. guy's not even a bad guy they mm-hmm. just need to be they just need more love like right. to mm-hmm. me that's what the solution to everything the subconscious theme was like it's just about giving and receiving love and that theme Went from frame one all the way to the end of the, the film. All the way it, to the end. Yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, the separation at the end, you know, when Woody stays behind, right. you know, it really shows that, uh, you know, this is how you move on with your life. Right. You um, you want something, but you're always going to have to leave something behind. And, right. Uh, and it was it was just a really cool, poignant moment that mm-hmm. uh, I think resonated with kids and adults in the theater. I mean... You know, it was an interesting, it was a packed theater I was in. It was all families. And, yeah. uh, you know, there was some, you know, talking, crying when the kids were a little too young to be in there. But yeah. um, these movies are so engaging that they command your attention, whether you're an adult or a child. All the kids and adults laughing at the same time, yeah. paying attention, laughing at the same things. And at the end, in the poignant, quiet moments, quiet house. Yeah. It was really interesting. How, yeah, it was how great. did Chris, since you your your kids have like really kind of grown up with these movies, mm-hmm. um, how did they feel about the ending and just the the theme of it having now that now your kids are older, like your yes. daughter's like, oh, I'm over it. I'm yeah, just, yeah. And then, but then still, how did how did they react to it? They really liked it, and it was um, like they didn't. You know, sometimes after these movies, like when they were younger, they don't do it as much anymore. They ask questions. Well, why did this happen, or how did this happen, or whatever, and. This movie, they didn't ask at all. Like, I thought, mm. okay, they got it. Even my 10-year-old was like, uh, there was nothing he didn't understand as far mm-hmm. as, like, you know, like like if my kids were younger, and I'm sure there was a lot of younger kids that were asking this after, well, why why did Woody leave at the end? Yeah. And uh, But, you know, the kids are older, they understand, because they know that that's part of life, and it's presented to them in an introductory way. So that's a, how they presented it, way. the kids got it. Woody, it's yes. time to go. He has right. to leave. Mm-hmm. He wants to stay up. with Bo Peep. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and, and uh, because Bo Peep, they show that she was taken away many years ago and then they kind of reconnected. And yes. then he realized that was his long lost love that he's going to stay with. So he's not going to go with the rest of the toys anymore as they leave. Oh, that's just that's, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was. Really, so he really pursued cool. love. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was really, it was really well done because every time you hear, oh, the fourth one in the franchise, no matter what it is, even if it's one that we love, you're like, what Police Academy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's left to do? Yeah. Well, how many sound effects yeah. can Michael Winslow yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love this movie. How is Mahoney still on the force? <laughs> <laughs> even the name Mahoney's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never met a Mahoney that wasn't yeah. up for laughs. <laughs> If your name was Larry Mahoney, that'd be my best friend. <laughs> that's all. That's all you're designed to do. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool that your kids got it and yeah. everything. Uh, it was really. It was a good time. It was a good family time at the movies, and because uh, um, we went to. It's interesting because now, as the kids, their tastes get different. You know, we're still four separate people. Right. Um, like we all went to see Godzilla. My daughter was like a little bored by it, but you know, a <laughs> ten-year-old boy loved it. You know. And it, it's interesting to see, like, when they diverge. But when it's like a Pixar movie, everyone's on board, you know, from start to finish. It's really, uh, it, it's just it's a testament to their filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And Pixar movies are also those movies that, uh, you know, when you go see Trolls, like um, a movie like that, it's going to be kids and parents that get dragged to see it. Yeah. Whereas movies like, you know, when Frozen 2 comes out or like a Pixar movie, you know, that 10 o'clock show. A lot of people without kids are in those at those right. screenings. Like yeah. these movies, people want to see. Like I remember when Moana came out, I saw it with my kids, and then we're having dinner at a restaurant, and then there was a, a couple at another table talking about going to see Moana because they were excited because it was um, the guy that did Lin Moan. What, what's the guy that did Hamilton? Lin Lin Manuel Miranda. He'd done the music for Moana, so cool. they would just wanted to see that movie to see his to hear his music, and that was it. Um, so I think Disney knows that sweet spot of like, yeah, we can get all the kids to come in, but we kind of want everybody else to, mm. and so where, uh, you know, the people that make Madagascar don't give a shit. Right. But it's like that formula's <laughs> worked since Looney Tunes. Yes. Like I've gone back uh-huh. and watched Bugs Bunny. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the Simpsons, especially the yeah. prime years of the Simpsons. Right. Like kids loved it, but then adults were like, why? Right. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's more to it. I, I remember uh, when they interviewed the animators for um, that did Looney Tunes and like, well, we never really made these for kids or adults. We kind of made them for ourselves. That's and, awesome. Uh, but you know what? That's how you make something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. if this is this is what you wanted to see an animation that wasn't there before. So that yep. means um, chances are we're going to want to see it too. Yeah. Well, was there anything technologically that was uh, leaps and bounds ahead of like the first one? That's an interesting question, and. Um, um, with the actual toys, no. And the reason is, is because their designs were so simple. When you go back mm. to the first movie, um, you'll notice that the humans moved very weird and awkwardly because they didn't have the technology to really make them look realistic. So, um, and they were also in it very sparingly. Mm-hmm. But when you have the toys and they're specific, they they made those toys in the computer for the specific reason of we may not be able to make them look realistic like the way humans should look. So we're going to keep the design simple, the animation simple, and that actually translates over because it would look weird if they added a bunch more detail to the characters now after we've already seen them look this way for a certain amount of uh, uh, years. But now the humans, on the other hand, look completely different. They're more detailed. They move better. They're more. They're smoother. Now, the exception to that is the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Like, if you watch those, the characters like Hiccup and Astrid, they all become more detailed and also older. So those models actually change as the movies progress. Whereas these, like, you know, the Buzz and Woody from Toy Story 4 look remarkably similar to Buzz and Woody from Toy Story 1. Were there any scenes for either one of you that felt a little flat or didn't quite connect or? That's a good question. I think it, if, I don't know if this happened to you, that flashed back a bunch of times where I wasn't really sure sometimes if this was a flashback or like. Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. And I didn't know, like, like I said, I wasn't that familiar with the franchise. Mm -hmm. 
But um, because the other thing that was uh, was not a clue is the toys look the same if it was in a flashback or present day. So the only way you could tell is if it was a human. Right. So like <laughs> yeah. they had they had younger hair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what I really liked about it was so many movies are just not good. I know I sound like a cranky old man, but there's so many times <laughs> right. where I'm like, oh, this is a waste of my time. But this movie, I didn't see any of the plot twists coming. Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't know, and I'm like clocking the movie and i'm like we have to be almost this is the third act i guess Mm -hmm. like trying to keep track of the Mm -hmm. and i don't look at my phone i didn't keep track of the time but i'm just thinking in terms of storytelling and i'm like Mm -hmm. well what how this how is this going to resolve itself where is this going to lead but they they kept me guessing they kept me entertained i thought it was awesome they introduced new characters throughout the film but i thought there was enough explanation where i could still enjoy what their mission was and the part they played in moving the plot forward I thought it was just a masterpiece in storytelling. Yeah. It, Blown away by it. It was really good. And the comic relief was really good, too. And they had to add those new characters because we've seen all these characters for three movies. But, you know, you add Key and Peel, You add a uh, <laughs> a toy that's really just trash, a fork with, like, googly eyes. And you make that somehow um, uh, compelling and alive like it's an actual yeah. character. But, but you're limited because it doesn't move like a toy. Yep. It's literally, it's a spork with legs um it was know, a little craft that yeah. the girl made in so, kindergarten and it just when it moves it just it just bounces so you're like how is this going to be you know and it was her uh, favorite toy yeah it was her favorite toy and it drives sure, so much of the plot yep and sure enough it was it was just as engaging as like you know the cowboy or the you know the spaceman Space, yeah, yeah absolutely uh, um so it was really really well done and um, I would love to like I know there's like some behind the scenes stuff that stuff is always interesting because they go back and uh, you know I always like seeing like all right how were these characters created what personalities did you give them and why and all of those things because animation is a completely different animal mm-hmm. from uh, you know live action filmmaking and so it was really it was a fun achievement and it's um, you know I want I'm going to keep watching Pixar movies yep. you know they're just really good. Starting with Steve, like, what was like one of one or two of your f- most favorite scenes? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, the ending, or towards the ending, how it was building towards a climax, um, when all the toys banded together to fight the bad guys, and then when, yeah, because this is spoil it, right? Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. So there was a really cool so part like, yeah. where like the family. Uh, and some of the toys were still on their mission, so to speak, but the family was leaving the park or the area uh, where the toys were left behind. So then the toys that were in this RV had to manipulate the RV to get it back to the rendezvous point, which was a carousel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really funny, like how the toys were pretending to be the GPS and then taking over. <laughs> and then the police started to chase the dad. And, the, and he was like, I'm trying to pull over. And he couldn't pull over. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yeah, they did some really cool stuff, and uh, it, it's always fun, too, because they they stick with that rule, well, no one can see the toys move. So the fact that they're doing something as elaborate as that, yes. like, you know, taking over an RV, was uh, it made it really fun. Um, I think my favorite part was really, um, you know, Key and Peele were really funny, but for whatever reason... Um, Forky stole the movie for me. Forky was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, Who just, did the voice of Forky? It was, uh, I think it was... Um, one of the guys from Arrested Development. Aaron, can you look that up? Yep. It was Forky. And not that he had a lot of, uh, not that he had a lot of words. And, uh, uh, but just like, you know, when he was first created and came to life. Um, Tony Hale. Tony Hale. Oh, yeah, Tony okay. Hale. And, okay. uh, you know, he's, he's trash, trash. I'm trash. No, you're a toy. I'm trash. He keeps jumping in the trash. And then, you know, the girl 
just is holding him because she wants to sleep with him. <laughs> she just goes, big girl, scary. <laughs> <laughs> But stuff like that, just it's so funny. And uh, um, yeah, it was just really fun. And they, it, the Toy Story movies create this great mix of just really fun comedy, fun action toy sequences, and then just with point, emotion and poignant moments yeah. at the end. And it just, it's just this formula that, uh, you know, we say this every time, and they're not going to make another one. Maybe they are. They're going to make it. You know, if they're going to make it, you know, they're, they do really well. And. Uh, you know, if they can keep this quality of storytelling and... Uh, I think they yeah, should. Could, I think the know. world needs more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, th- I yeah. think the message and the theme of it was just mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Like, like the, that it's the fact that this piece of trash brought so much love into this l- little girl's mm-hmm. life that you don't mm-hmm. need a million dollars to make your kids happy. Like, right. it's just the, the, the fact that you love it, it gives it value, you yeah. know? And, like, little kids are all like that with toys all the time. Like, I'll buy my nephew stuff, and what they want to do is just play with the wrapping paper afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, I should have just brought a bunch of there, wrapping paper. There was an interesting metaphor, too, of, like, uh, the, re- the the toys get ownership is when the, the kid writes the name on the, the b- bottom of the foot. And that's it was implied that that's why this one the came alive. Level. Yeah, like yeah. you go, oh, your name's, you know, her name's on your foot. That's right. you know, uh, that's you had a kid. Yeah, I you thought that kid, was yeah. also a theme. Like mm-hmm. these toys are just to, just exist to receive love. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? You had your own kid? Like that's right. amazing. What mm-hmm. was that like? And then like all of these toys that were sort of like without owners. We're like, hey, man, there's a school bus dropping off kids over by in the sandbox. We're going to go over there to see if somebody wants to play with us. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Like, we all s- sort of serve a purpose by supporting each other. Like, I thought there was just great themes in it. Yeah, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. So because you, the ending was so wrapped it up and everything, and Woody goes away with Bo Peep because he's mm-hmm. in love, and while you're, all of these themes are wonderful, and these have been the consistent themes throughout the, tro- the the three previous Toy Story, he's always very, very loving. And there's always yeah. sure. every Toy Story movie has moments where you cry and laugh yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's always creepy dolls in so, uh, each one. They yeah, know how to make yeah, a creepy yeah, doll. Yeah, there's no question. There, there's an entire um, folder of animation that is just like just must say creepy doll for Toy Creep Story button. movies. Yeah. <laughs> They also cast the voice as well. This is the thing. Yes. Some, a lot of animation movies will just cast celebrities because it'll be good for the, the marketing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Where this is they actually, from from day one, really got the correct voice actors to convey the emotion and everything to deal with all of these wide swaths of, 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 of goofy, silly, and then the like heartfelt emotion of love and childhood yeah. and growing yeah. up and all that stuff. They didn't just like, well, this, this A-lister is available. Right. And right. They'll, they'll be good on the press right, junket. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And it makes a difference. Huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head. Like I remember the first time I saw Toy Story was like a... Mm-hmm little kid and i'm like oh this is gonna be terrible i'm like i know that voice yeah. and it was like the perfect <laughs> yeah. toy for don rickles well mm-hmm. the thing know? that was interesting is this is so don rickles obviously has passed away but they took together uh they they um they they used recordings from the previous three films but also video games theme parks and more and they were able to craft a whole performance for four toy story four from all of these previous recordings that's really cool that's that shows one of the things that's always been amazing about these movies is the technology is a big driver of it, but they always made sure there was good story and good writing and good acting because we talk about this a lot on this show where 
you know, they find cool technology, but then they just sort of tape together some bullshit story. Right, like when I was a young comic, I remember trying doing an impression of somebody and an more experienced comic was like, yeah, it's great, you can do the impression. But he's like, now use it to serve a purpose on stage. Don't just go, here's an impression of so-and-so. Like, have a, have a reason for doing it. Right. I'm like, oh! <laughs> and it works so much better that way. Yeah, it's not, anyone can just do a wacky yeah. voice. Like, you turn know? around, like, hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the awful impression where you say the name, like, hey, Ronald Reagan here. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, I think it would sound a little something <laughs> like this. <laughs> That's when you know, here comes a horrible, hacky impression. <laughs> exactly. It's like a exactly. song parody where they just change a couple words. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm renting the stairway to heaven. <laughs> All right. That was nothing. Um, but no, that's the thing, too. Getting And then the next act, we go, oh, how am I going to follow that? Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy would crush. Yeah. And you'd have to eat it in some fucking sports bar. I'm seeing once, like at the peak of Dane Cook's powers, like this is the early 2000s. And I was emceeing at the San Jose Improv. So I had to go on first. And they were just showing video of comedians that were coming up next. And the last one was like, in two weeks, Dane Cook. And they show like three minutes of his stand-up. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to follow the video of this guy <laughs> with my live act. <laughs> it's going to be a long journey. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was what was I talking about? The the, the technology of, of all of this and the... And the Oh, going back to the Don Rickles thing, it's part of what makes this uh, these series of movies so amazing is the technology helps drive it. It helped make the, the dolls seem so real mm. and help brought uh, emotion. When the dolls come to life, yeah. they feel very human and they have real emotions and there's a depth to them. They're not just, and you see this in so many other kids' movies like you talk about where they just talk down to the kid. Yes. They just yep. have mm. the horsey character that just right. you know goes, Woo! or whatever. Mm. I like candy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just sort of like nothing. But this yeah. is so... Um, the depth to it, and the, the I think the the Rickles editing going through that just shows the skill of the post production with this yes. with this and film. The passion for the it passion. Too. That's a great mm -hmm. way to put it. Like, like, I remember when I first moved to LA, I couldn't understand why there were so many nice cars and everybody was so rich here. Like, I'm like, there's a I'm at a red light and there's 15 BMWs right. and Mercedes. I'm like, this is not Philadelphia. <laughs> but then, you know what I mean? <laughs> but. When you look at a film like this, how many talented people are working at their highest level of yeah. intelligence and giving their all to make this happen? Like from the, everything, yeah. everybody you could tell did their best and they made something iconic and great. Yeah, they're the top, they're the top people in their profession. Yeah. Yes. Um, from, from I can't imagine it's easy to get a job at Pixar. No. <laughs> Well, they have the, they probably have the pick of the litter, and my guess yeah. is that they pay people well and take mm -hmm. care of them, make them feel appreciated because they demand you to be the best. You know, like this ain't minor league ball. This no. is like, mm -hmm. <laughs> dude, it's so great that stuff like this still gets made. Yeah, you know, like we're like, yeah, that was. So really you guys want to see another one? I do. <laughs> you know, it, it's. I'm on the fence about it because, and I, well, I said this after Toy Story three. I'm like, all right, I'm done. There's not, it's not going to be better than this. But they, they did. I mean, if they can, if they can top it again, I'd be on board. Well, John Lasseter said we don't want to do anything with these characters unless it get, uh, lives up to the, or surpasses what's gone before. So my thinking is, 
my hopes is because they haven't done it in the past. There's no reason for them to just slap together number five to get that's right. What every, by the way, that right. quote is what every producer says about a sequel. Sure, of course, of course. But, <laughs> but this th- guy actually means yeah, this guy means, means it, it yeah. because he has a track record. <laughs> yep. yep. Because they didn't just churn out two and mm-hmm. three or whatever. So my feeling is they're going to just let it sit and they're fine. Nobody yep. needs to make any more money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. But if somebody down the road goes, "Hey, what about what this? If? What right. if this?" Mm-hmm. and someone goes. Now that's yeah. something we haven't done. Yeah, and what's the theme? Like, what if Andy discovers like he's a grown up and he wants to go play with his, you know? Like, and, mm. and that's the best um, way to do a franchise: let it sit. Mm-hmm. You, you you have a great movie, let it sit. Don't uh, we don't need one every year? No, you know, and right. uh, you know, let let you know when the the idea comes and the time is right, then make the next. The mistakes yeah. are always made in like. The Tuesday after the big weekend of like, get me a new script. Yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. That yeah, kills I, it. Mm-hmm. It kills everything. Mm-hmm. And like, we live in this world where people just devour content and 99% of it's garbage. Yes. But people are just, give me something new. Give me something mm-hmm. new. Give me. But it's nice that there's stuff out there that is evergreen that you do want to show your kids mm-hmm. that you go back and you're like, I didn't even notice that the first time I watched it. Yeah. That's great. Well, any other final thoughts here on Toy Story 4? Uh, you know, it, it made me a, uh, um, I was a little skeptical going in, but it made me a believer for sure. It was, uh, it's a good movie. And now I'm, um, may, may not, uh, be as curmudgeonly if they announce a Toy Story 5. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I would, anybody that hasn't seen it, go see it, man. Mm-hmm. Just cause the message and all that stuff. And yeah. it's just yeah. entertaining. It's yeah. just fun. Like, right. I, I, the thing that I'll remember most about the, seeing that in that, like, hanging, like, I forgot really how magical movies can be, to be honest with you. Like, because I do watch everything at home now pretty much, mm-hmm. unless I'm, you know, and then if I go on a date, it's usually a movie that I don't want to see, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's really the tour. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. When's this going to be over? Mm-hmm. I forgot that. It made me feel like a kid again and seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark or something mm-hmm. awesome. And you have that whole experience with everybody. And there was a dad in the audience laughing that just made me go, oh, this is the best like he just had like a great laugh he was like ah, 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 like loving it <laughs> and like you don't get that at home and yeah. then i'm like it's, at first i thought it was like a heckle laugh i'm like mm-hmm. is this guy for real mm-hmm. and then it sounded sinister at times like <laughs> but then i heard him throughout and he's just going like he needed it and mm-hmm. i think everybody needs to go see this go have some laughs oh, go on a journey it was great mm-hmm. that's yeah. and the message is the bonus mm-hmm. like i think maybe we it's just a fun entertaining movie and the message is on top of it right that's cool i think that's the experience we you know we talk about it on this show because there's so much you can stream so much at home and then yeah. you can get a great tv and have this great experience at home when you do go to the movies it should be like i saw end game in a theater, and I'm so it was packed. It's and, awesome, yeah, right? People go, oh, you, you don't want to see that on a plane. No, mm-hmm. you don't. And and some movies are fine on a plane or at home or whatever. But a thing like this, you want the big cinematic experience right. because again, animation. I don't care how great of a TV you have is not when it's done well the way Pixar does it, which yes. they're the top of the field. When they do it correctly on the big screen is when it is just impressive. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a different thing. And then it also, re- I was like, because I'm just disappointed with comedies in general. Sure. Because I grew up in the Harold Ramis era, the John Hughes era, where like perfect age to really enjoy cinematic comedy. And it's really dropped off. There's not a lot of comedy being made. But I forgot that communal experience where right. it's almost like being in a comedy club yeah. Right. Where everybody else else's laughter heightens your experience. Mm-hmm. And I just hope Hollywood starts making comedies again because I forgot 
what it was like to go to the movies and just really enjoy myself. Yeah. Good to know. All right. So, Graham, we've got some Patreon. Well, sponsors. let's hear what they have to say, Chris. They uh, they have a lot to say, Graham. I can't wait. They have uh, Johnny Rulon. He's promoting his novel. Johnny Rulon. A Junkie's Great Guide name. to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. And it's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comic news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com. Fanboy. And uh, from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com, coffeeoversuicide.com. Also has an Instagram account that I follow. Yeah. And uh, Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast, host Hello, of Team with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. AliceFrazier.com with an S. And the art podcast with Rebecca Evans. We move past hesitation. We're true ourselves. We find our own art in life. New episode with artist Mickey Caputo and theartpodcasts.com with an S. And we want to thank you guys so much for your Patreon uh, sponsorship. And don't forget, we have some great tiers. If you just want to do five beans, you could do that. We've got a loot crate at 25. And, of course, this is the ad tier at 50. Yeah, you get bonus content yep. and all that stuff. On a lot the of bonus content. Yeah. We're going to record some of it tonight. We're going to record tonight the weekly monthly film news, mm-hmm. uh, which is always cool. We do that every month. That's a really cool bonus episode where Neil uh, brings us up to speed on all the crazy all the all the upcoming projects and yep. and the Hollywood Insider stuff, which is cool. It's always good for you and I, Chris, because we learn. Yes, we just. I always wait. I don't do any more research. I no. just wait till that episode and let Neil t- tell me what's yeah. going on. Because then you know our reactions, and Neil's looking at us like, uh, like, yeah, no, it's real. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> like awesome. there's no way that got greenlit. <laughs> that gets at least twice, <laughs> yeah. two or three times an episode. <laughs> Um, well, thank you, Steve, for being on the show. Where can people find you online? And- uh, check out my podcast, Good Times. I'd love to have you guys on it because Any- I feel like we made friends today. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel love like to, yeah. this was the mm. best. This was mm-hmm. so great. And then my website is just awesome, Steve.com. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very simple. And yeah. you got Not a new- to be confused with Steve Awesome, the cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> and your new album again is mm-hmm. Jabba, just Jabba. like Jabba the Hutt. All mm-hmm. right. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Uh, Progressive Comedy Tour. Ron Placone and I are going to uh, Vegas uh, July 27th. We're going to Madison, Wisconsin, September 6th, Minneapolis the 7th, and we've just added Lincoln, Nebraska on the 8th. Um, so go to GrahamElwood.com for tour dates. And uh, I've got an Indiegogo um, set up because I want to go to Russia in the end of September to just shoot a little mini documentary about what life is really like there. Cool. Yeah, I know a, a journalist that lives there and I have someone that's going to show me around. I'm just going to interview people on the streets to really see what it's like because I feel like the American media is only giving me one side of it. Yeah. Um, so that's, so go to that. That's, uh, you know, if you follow me on uh, GrahamElwood.com, you can donate to that. Um, so that's our show, and I want yep. to thank some of the fans that came out on the East Coast. We had a comedy film nerd fan that came to our Progressive Comedy Tour oh, show great. in Philly, awesome. and he dropped his pants to show me his Han shot first uh, tattoo on his lower thigh. Like literally, wow. almost saw he had almost saw his jive. Like almost wow. saw the whole package. Um, so thank you for getting. Tattoos. I hope he's a Patreon supporter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, should we add like an mm-hmm. ass cheek CFN yeah. uh, tattoo tier yeah. to the Patreon? Yeah, if you um, six months or more, we'll pay for your tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. But then one of us has to do it. Has oh, to give wow. it to you. So. That's, no, that's a, that's a $10,000 yeah. tier. That, that'll have to be very expensive. Yeah, with no practice. Yeah. So. It'll be like a prison tattoo. Yeah. Just yeah. two homemade yeah. inks and like a hot iron or something. Yeah, yeah we'll just burn it into mm. your ass. How's and that no sound? insurance. No so. insurance. Don't worry. And you have to sign a waiver. Yeah. But it'll be great. Thanks for supporting the show. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, I'm going to do a tease. I'll be doing a uh, new Kickstarter campaign in the next couple uh, months This for a new comic book uh, with the same team with Fernando Pinto and um, Troy uh, Petrie called uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. If you like Big Trouble in Little China, it'll be like that. So um, more info on that coming soon. All right, you guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Steve Simone. Thank you, Aaron Brungart. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.